Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Governor Gavin Newsom says the state could see another stay-at-home order for regions where COVID-19 hospitalizations and ICU admissions are surging. KQED's Laura Clivens has more. Currently, 75% of the state's ICU beds are occupied, but that number is projected to climb to more than 100% by mid-December. Over the next day or two, Newsom said his team will assess the need for a new stay-at-home order. If these trends continue, we're going to have to take much more dramatic, arguably drastic action. The potential for a stay-at-home order for those regions in purple. Currently, 51 of the state's 58 counties are in the purple or more restrictive tier in the state's reopening blueprint. Newsom also announced up to $500 million in coronavirus relief. For the California Report, I'm Laura Clivens. There are now more than 1.2 million coronavirus cases in California. That's more than any other state other than Texas. Let's turn to politics. Nearly a month after Election Day, the last of California's close congressional races has been decided, and it brings good news for Republicans. KQED politics reporter Guy Marzarotti explains. With all the votes counted in Los Angeles, Republican Mike Garcia defeated Democrat Christy Smith by fewer than 400 votes, holding on to a seat he won in a May special election. The victory capped a redemptive election cycle for California House Republicans. After losing seven seats to Democrats in 2018, the GOP won four of those seats back. In addition to Garcia, Republican David Valadeo won back his former seat in the Central Valley, while Michelle Steele and Young Kim flip seats in Orange County. With Democrats clinging to a narrow advantage in the House, California will be home to some of the country's most important battleground districts in the 2022 midterms. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarotti. Yesterday, the U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments over whether the Trump administration can exclude immigrants without legal status from census totals to determine how many congressional seats each state gets. The stakes are huge for California. KPCC's Caroline Champlin has more. 
If that policy is approved, some researchers predict that California, home to two million such immigrants, would lose the most representation of any state. The number of congressional seats won't be determined until early next year, after the U.S. Census Bureau finishes processing its data. In oral arguments, a lawyer for the government argued the case should be put off until then, when specific harm to states is more clear. Loyola Law Professor Justin Levitt says it's already predictable. California would undoubtedly be injured pretty severely if the president were allowed to break the Constitution as he's indicated he's inclined to do. Levitt doesn't expect the government's case to hold up. But if it does, California could get more involved in the legal fight. The justices are expected to release a ruling in the next several weeks. For The California Report, I'm Caroline Champlin in Los Angeles. Census experts say California could lose one or two congressional seats if all residents in the state aren't counted in the census. Let's turn to schools. A group of families have filed a lawsuit against the state of California. The suit claims the state is denying underserved students the equal right to an education during the pandemic. KQED's Vanessa Rancaño reports. The plaintiffs from both Oakland and Los Angeles are alleging the state has failed to provide the basic tools and support needed for distance learning. Plaintiffs' attorney Jessalyn Friley is with the nonprofit firm Public Counsel. In California, the state has a constitutional duty to provide equal access to education to all students. Our theory is that the state has fallen behind on that responsibility and during the pandemic, it has only gotten worse. The goal is to get the courts to step in to hold districts accountable and ensure there's a plan for a return to in-person learning. For The California Report, I'm Vanessa Rancaño. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Think about things that cause climate change. Cars and factories come to mind, but so should kitchen appliances. And that's prompted some political action in San Jose. KQED's Kevin Stark reports. San Jose could soon be the largest city in California to adopt climate rules requiring all electric appliances in homes and office buildings. Cities across California have targeted natural gas stoves and heaters in the fight against climate change. Because the state uses so much renewable energy, electricity has a lower carbon footprint here than natural gas. Berkeley was the first city in the nation to adopt a ban. San Francisco and many other cities have followed. San Jose could have the largest impact. The city has more than a million residents, and statistics show buildings account for a third of its planet-warming gas emissions. The city estimates the ban will prevent hundreds of thousands of tons of carbon emissions from wafting into the atmosphere over the next 50 years. For the California Report, I'm Kevin Stark. The San Jose City Council will vote on this today. If passed, the ban on natural gas will go into effect next year. 
Oil and gas companies received approval to drill hundreds of wells in California last year without proper review, and that's outraged environmental groups. Here's the California Report's Nina Sparling with more. A recent audit of the California Geologic Energy Management Division, CalGEM for short, found the agency has fallen short on many of its responsibilities regulating the state's oil and gas industry. The report found the regulator didn't follow its own rules and regulations for approving certain projects. Holland Kretzman is an attorney with the Center for Biological Diversity, and he says the failure to follow the rules is evidence of a bigger problem. It shows that our state oil and gas regulator has consistently looked the other way before rubber stamping approvals for hundreds of oil and gas wells and dangerous projects around the state. The audit focused on oversight of injection wells, which can contaminate groundwater, lead to big spills, and put workers at risk. Kretzman worries about the consequences of skipping the required environmental and safety checks. It's very concerning that there are hundreds of wells currently in the state that haven't been reviewed by this agency. Calgem said in an emailed statement that it, quote, appreciates the audit and welcomes the suggested improvements. The agency will have to outline how it plans to fix the problems within 60 days. For the California Report, I'm Nina Sparling. The coronavirus pandemic has forced millions of Californians to file for unemployment benefits. That in turn has led the state and institutions like Bank of America to look for possible unemployment fraud. But as KPBS's Max Rildon-Nadler reports, those efforts have left some San Diego residents in a months-long fight for their payments. Gary Hito immigrated to San Diego from Ethiopia 20 years ago. For the past 16 years, he's been a shuttle driver at the San Diego airport. When the pandemic hit in March, thousands of flights were canceled, and Hito was soon furloughed. They, they said if the situation comes back, they will hire me again. Hito was able to get unemployment a month after that. For his family of six, it made a huge difference. For rent, for family. I have a big family. But in the middle of October, his account was almost zeroed out. $4,200, gone. When I went there to take my money for rent, I don't see the money. He's been fighting to get his money back ever since. Again, I tried to call to explain to them. They transferred to me for about three people. I wait about one hour and 15 minutes, then they hung up. Despite call after call to Bank of America, he's been unable to get the process started. Hito is facing two obstacles. Navigating the tangled system between Bank of America and California's Employment Development Department, or EDD, and the efforts that both organizations are making to combat ongoing fraud. At Bank of America, the problems stem from the debit cards distributed to unemployed Californians. Those cards access people's benefits. But they don't have chips, and the magnetic strips on them make them more vulnerable to skimming devices and fraudsters. And working immigrants like Hito and laid-off house cleaner Rama Ibrahim, who's from Somalia, have found their accounts zeroed out as well. For the last three months, Ibrahim has been told by the bank to take up her case with the state, and vice versa. Navigating the various help numbers as well as a major bank and an overwhelmed state bureaucracy is difficult even for people with English as a first language, says Saeed Abiyao of the Somali Bantu Association of America. They don't speak any English. They were having difficulty connecting the resources that are available for them. We as the agency, we were trying to provide translation through WhatsApp, 
But even with Abiyao's help, Gary Hito and Rami Ibrahim still hit dead ends. Bank of America and the state didn't restore their accounts after countless attempts, until after press inquiries were made on their behalf. Now, at least Ibrahim's account has been unfrozen. In a statement, a Bank of America spokesperson said the company is working with law enforcement to crack down on fraudulent claims and that anyone with a legitimate claim impacted by these efforts should contact them immediately. For a lot of people just trying to keep a roof over their head this holiday season, that task can not only be daunting, but near impossible. For The California Report, I'm Max Nadler in San Diego. And that is The California Report for this Tuesday, December 1st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Support for The California Report comes from the law firm Perkins Coie, a trusted legal advisor to innovative companies and industry leaders throughout California and the world. Learn more at PerkinsCOIE.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at SchmidtFutures.com and Personal Capital, offering professional-grade financial tools and objective advice from a fiduciary. PersonalCapital.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs>